56th Missionary Weekend. We're glad to see all who have come. We're going to worship the Lord as we join together in our opening praise, 672. There's a call comes ringing over the restless wave. Send the light. There are souls to rescue. There are souls to save. Send the light. to have Mr. Eric Graham, the chairman of the Missionary Council, and we're going to ask Eric to lead us to the throne of grace in prayer. Let us all pray. Our Father, we thank Thee tonight for this family gathering. We thank You for the privilege of meeting with Thy children, and we praise Thee for everyone in this gathering that can lift their heads 
and say, Father, my Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you, Lord, for everyone who can look back to a time in their experience when you called them out of nature's darkness to walk in the light and liberty of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, that you said, come out from amongst them and be separate. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will be a father unto you, and you will be my sons and daughters. Lord, we praise thee tonight for the finished work of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary, shedding his blood that we might be redeemed. And we thank you for the glorious message of the gospel. Praise thee for this another missionary weekend. Thank you, Lord, for those who are serving thee in foreign fields tonight. We thank you for those who are called to go and serve thee, those who have the burden of heart to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And thy promise is, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. O Lord, we pray tonight that thou wilt come amongst us, that we'll have a real sense of your presence in the midst of your people. We pray, O Lord, that you'll give help to all who take part in this meeting tonight. And we pray, Lord, that thy servant, when he comes to open the word of God, will know liberty. We ask that you'll prepare all of our hearts now, Lord, to receive the good word that you've put on his heart. O Father, we just thank thee for this congregation, for thy servant, for their missionary endeavor, for their burden to reach souls for the Savior. So hear prayer tonight, Lord. Receive our thanks and just come amongst us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. see from the order of service that over the weekend we're going to have representation concerning the mission field and those works that are very near to the heart of our own congregation here at Hebron. And we trust that we'll know the blessing of the Lord. That brings us to Uganda. There's a little slot now for Uganda. And first of all, we're going to uh, see a DVD presentation. We're delighted to have David and Rachel McCauley with us tonight. Later on at the end of the service, there'll be special prayer uh, just as we commit them to the Lord in these days of deputation work and with a view to them going out to Uganda. There was a different video that we were going to show tonight, but this is just off the press. Um, we've just got it today. And with David going to Uganda and also other pressing needs in Uganda for houses and for a vehicle, this is a special appeal that is being made tonight on behalf of the mission board. And so we want you to listen carefully to it. Uh, as congregations, we want you all to be involved. And uh, There are leaflets at the door as you leave about this appeal. We want you to take those leaflets with you. And then immediately after that, our sister Noreen, who is the principal of Emmanuel Christian School at Nisalu uh, in the land of Uganda is going to bring greetings to us. Thank you. It is amazing to see how over the past two years and in great answer to prayer, the Lord has called two families to the mission field in Uganda. Firstly, the Kerskadden family who were sent forth in June 2023 
And now the Macaulay family who are engaged in deputation meetings around our congregations as they prepare to go to Uganda later this year. The sending out of new missionary families is a cause for praise and thankfulness to the Lord that he has provided the personnel so that the missionary work can be maintained and advanced. However, as the team in Uganda grows, we at the Mission Board need to plan and provide to ensure that the teams can work safely and effectively in the field. The two main areas where we need to expand are as follows. Firstly, in providing housing, as there is currently no accommodation left in the mission station that is large enough to accommodate a family. And secondly, an additional vehicle is required suitable to the needs of the mission team in Uganda. To address these needs, the board is planning to build a secure housing compound on the land adjacent to the mission station. We plan to build the first house as quickly as possible to accommodate the Macaulay family as they go out, God willing, later this year. We do plan to use a local builder for the construction and then to finish the house off with the help of local workers from Northern Ireland. Then, as soon as possible afterwards, we will build the second house for the Kerskadden family. And there will also be room left on the compound for a third house in the future if needed. The building of these houses will also leave two of the apartments and the Emmanuel Mission Station free for the use of those who will visit the mission station from time to time. In relation to the new vehicle, we plan to buy a new Toyota Land Cruiser, which has a seating capacity for nine people and with the flexibility to fold up some of the seats to carry larger loads. Just like our existing vehicle, this new one is four-wheel drive and will be more than capable of handling the road conditions in Uganda. The total funds needed for the building project and the new vehicle is approximately £280,000. But already the Lord has provided and we have substantial gifts of finance for these projects. A very loyal supporter of the work in Uganda has pledged £50,000. And then on top of that the Missionary Council has given a grant of £80,000. Therefore, as a result of both of these very generous gifts, we already have £130,000 available, which means that we just need to raise the balance of £150,000. We are therefore making an earnest appeal across our congregations and our friends for gifts from individuals and churches to help with this major expansion in the mission field in Uganda. If you would like to donate to these projects, then please contact the Mission Board to obtain necessary details or go to the Donate button on our website or pick up one of the flyers in your local church. We sincerely thank you for your ongoing interest and your support of the work in Uganda and trust that you will again be able to help as we make preparation for the growth of the Lord's work at this time. Thank you.
All right, well, it's, it's my first time to see that little video, so I have enjoyed it. And I'm sure the Macaulays will be happy to know that we're planning to have somewhere for them to live and a means for them to move about. But I do want to bring greetings, first of all, greetings from myself, of course, to my home church and to all who've gathered here, but greetings also from the Kerskadens, uh, who are there at Emmanuel Mission Station, and also from the staff and students at Emmanuel Christian School. And uh, they think much about the people here in Northern Ireland uh, because they know that without the help and support of the people here that uh, the work wouldn't be able to go on. Sometimes the way they talk about you, you'd think they'd already been here or they'd met all of you, but I think it's just the impact that the people they have met have made upon them. But greetings from all of them and let me assure you that they do pray for the work of the Free Presbyterian Church here in Ulster as much as you pray uh, for them there in Uganda. I also want to give thanks to thank the Reverend Park in the session and the, uh, uh, the office bearers for the opportunity uh, to speak at this missionary rally um, and to thank everybody for their prayerful and practical support over these years uh, in Uganda. Uh, I can have to thank as well our mission board, our missionary <coughs> council, and especially the Uganda Oversight Subcommittee who oversee uh, the work there on the field. Uh, as I was coming to the end of last year and, and writing my uh, annual letter, I suppose it is, um, uh, the verse that came to mind was that the Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. And I have to say that is true. 2023, going into 2024, the Lord has been gracious, the Lord has been merciful, and we have many reasons to praise him. Of course, one of the reasons has been highlighted already, and that is the provision of personnel for the work in Uganda. There was a while uh, that I was kind of like the Lone Ranger uh, and trying to was around and do everything, but I praise the Lord that he has sent people to help. And I thank him for the Kerskadens and for their coming and for how well the Lord has helped them to settle in and for the great encouragement and blessing and help that they have been there already. And I also praise the Lord that he has seen fit to lead the Macaulays uh, to come to Uganda also. And pray for them. Pray that God would help them as they do their deputation and raise the necessary support. And that he would make the way smooth for them as they seek to come and to join us there on the field. I'm also thankful for the Ugandans who help us. They're a vital part of the, the ministry, both in the church and in the school and in all the various outreaches that we do. Uh, we want to acknowledge their contribution and we thank the Lord for faithful people that he has given to stand with us and to help us in the work of God there. I thank the Lord for providing. Uh, we, we're making an appeal. We need finances. There's always finance needed. And we thank the Lord for providing for us as missionaries, for providing for the school. And of course, that is an enormous uh, cost in itself. Last year, we had 525 students and 40 members of staff, and you can just imagine what it takes to keep all that ticking over and to keep everything running. And we really praise the Lord for how uh, the needs have been met. I want to especially thank those who sponsor children at the school. The sponsorship scheme is a, is a lifeline for the school, and it is the backbone of the support. We do have special projects from time to time that people contribute to, but the day-to-day -day running costs are really financed through that sponsorship 
uh, scheme. And of course, uh, we're at the start of a new year. Uh, most people take up the sponsorship for uh, a year and uh, maybe then at the end they have to decide whether they're going to renew or whether they're going to turn their attention to something else. And so it's that time of the year when we're looking to people to commit again for another year and to support the education and the well-being and the welfare of the children there at Emmanuel. It provides for their education, it provides for their clothes, it provides for their food, it provides for their medical needs, and uh, it means that we are there and we have them and we have the opportunity, of course, to reach them with the gospel. We also want to give thanks for practical improvements that we have seen uh, in the past year. From I first went to Uganda until the present day, there have been so many changes and so many improvements, and we give thanks to the Lord for that. This past year, we had a team come out to work for us. Uh, they put pressurized water into our houses so that instead of the little sad trickle that we had before, uh, we now have a good burst of water whenever we turn on the taps. You can get a good shower and you don't have to run about to get wet. As Gillian used to say, uh, in Kenya, we have pressurized water, we have hot water, uh, which is a, is a lovely thing. You want to wash the dishes when you have hot water. And uh, we also have a new shower and toilet block uh, that was built by, by local people. But again, the finance, the support was from home. And we have uh, some work that was done in our classrooms, some tiling, some more work on the electrical project uh, that was ongoing, uh, and various other things that have been done just to help the school, uh, to help the missionaries, and we give thanks to those for those as well. But most of all, we give thanks for the wonderful privileges that God has given to us of reaching others with the gospel. Uh, I've mentioned the school already, 525 children and young people hearing the gospel uh, at least twice a day. We have a morning assembly, an afternoon assembly. There are RE classes, obviously, through the day as well. Um, we thank the Lord that all of those children and young people, many from Roman Catholic and Muslim backgrounds, have the opportunity to hear God's word and just pray that it would bear fruit in their lives. We had a BBS team visit us this past year at a very special time of activity with the children and young people. They also did a youth conference and we thank the Lord that he was pleased to save souls even during that time and we rejoice in that. We thank God for the opportunities that we have through the church uh, ministry and of course now that the Reverend Kerskadden is there and on the ground full time those opportunities are, are growing and expanding. We have the regular church meetings, the Sunday services, the evening fellowship, the prayer meeting. Uh, we have the Sunday school at Emmanuel. And then this year we also started a, another outreach Sunday school uh, just at the end of last year in, a, in Chambala 2, as it's called. Um, there are over 80 children at that Sunday school. And they meet in a little garage, <laughs> all right? Uh, a very small room indeed. There's over, there's 160 on the roll. If they all came, I don't know what we would do if they all came on the same day, but they, they tend to come and go uh, according to the circumstances at home. But we're, we're packed in like sardines. Uh, I was telling some people the first week uh, we stood inside the back wall and the more children came, we were pressed back further and further towards the wall and we thought we'd be better to stand on the outside so that we didn't suffocate. So whenever we went back the next week, we reversed it, we put the children inside and we stand out uh, in the open air. But we thank God for the opportunity of reaching those children. God willing, the week after I go back, 
I'm traveling this week, this next week, but then the following week, that week of the 22nd, there is a holiday Bible club that is planned for Bukalula. Uh, it's our first time to have a holiday Bible club there. The Reverend Kerskadden and his wife are really looking forward to it. And we would ask you to pray. Bukalula is a, a strongly Roman Catholic area. So pray uh, for them and pray for that work that is planned. We'd also ask you to remember uh, possibly four young men who hope to start the Bible Training Institute course that is run by the Mission Board. Uh, as we look to the future of the work in Uganda, we want to see the church established. We want to see uh, it constituted. I know the Reverend Kerskadden wants to see office bearers. And we need to see Ugandans raised up who can do more and more in the ministry of the gospel. And so training is a vital part of that. And we would ask you to remember those four men, four very different men from very different backgrounds, uh, but they feel that burden to share the gospel with their own people and pray for them as they would undertake this course of study. Remember the open air ministry, the prison ministry, which has been very encouraging. We've had a tremendous response. Um, the, uh, the monthly meeting that the Reverend Chris Gadden has for the men and even the outreach uh, meeting that we've been able to do in Nikaya once a month uh, as well. The opportunities are many. And we would just ask you to pray, pray that God would work. We've seen uh, good responses in all of those aspects of the work. Uh, we have people coming and saying, who's going to bring the gospel to my area? Who's going to come to my village? Who's going to come to our region? The needs are many and the opportunities are many. And pray that God would give us wisdom Pray that God would give us health and pray that God would uh, guide us as to where we should work and what uh, we should do. Of course, uh, soon after I go back, we'll be starting another school year that starts uh, for the staff. We're starting on the 22nd uh, of January for the children. They'll be coming in from the 5th of February. And we would ask you to pray very much uh, for that. The start of a year is always a very busy time with new admissions and parents looking for places. It's a kind of a high-pressure time uh, in the office. But pray that God would undertake and that God will supply the need. So thank you for praying. Thank you for giving. And just as I close, uh, I would challenge all of you who are here uh, to ask the Lord what he would have you to do this year, even for the work of missions. Uh, maybe you think, well, now they've got the Macaulay's, they've got the Kerskadden's, uh, they, we hear the Hamiltons are going. Uh, we're, we're glad that uh, Miss Edwards is going. Sure, is that not enough people? And while I am delighted for all of those people and to hear of all of those people, uh, as a missionary, I, I would still have to say, what are they among so many? And I would just encourage you to lift up your eyes and look on the fields that are white already unto harvest and ask the Lord what he would have you to do. Maybe you're here and you're thinking, well, you know, I'm sure uh, the free church thinks now that they've, they've got enough. They've enough on their plate at the minute. They don't need any more. But you know, let us not limit God. God is able. I was thinking of that first faithful, is he that calleth you. The Lord is able. And if the Lord is calling you, the Lord is able to take you to where he wants you to be, to provide for you, and to see you through and to uh, bless you in the way that he has planned for you. So thank you for listening.
Thank you for supporting Uganda. May God bless you. You understand why Uganda is close to our hearts. Uh, we think of Noreen, one of our own members, uh, 24 years almost ago going to Africa, first to Kenya, serving the Lord there for 17 years, and then latterly in the land of Uganda. Our brother Eric and I were some of the first to go to Uganda to uh, be in that early stage of preparation, and we've got very, very happy memories, Eric, haven't we, of serving the Lord together and being there. And now with David and Rachel in the pipeline to go very soon, let's really pray for the work there. Another place that is very near to our hearts is the, the land of Ukraine. And we just, in a wee moment or two after our young people sing, are going to hear a testimony it's from this young lady, Anastasia, and Anastasia has been in Northern Ireland now for, well, not quite two years, but when the war broke out in Ukraine, there was a good group of Ukrainians came to Balamani to make this their home for a little while, and Anastasia has a story to tell, and we're looking forward to that. She doesn't feel confident enough to do it in English, so we will do it through an interrupter. Okay, we've got our own translator tonight, and Anna, we really appreciate all that you've done for the Ukrainians. So that'll be immediately after our young people, and we're going to ask our, our Hebrew choir now to come and to sing. And just as we do that, um, Samuel, this won't move on, so he's our technician. Thank you. The Hebrew choir, that, that's the youth choir. Amen. i 
Здравствуйте. Good evening. Я хочу поблагодарить мистера Парка за возможность рассказывать мое свидетельство. I would like to say thank you to Mr. Park for giving me this opportunity to share my testimony with you. Um, о Боге я знаю еще с детства, но я была далека от Него. I knew that God existed from early childhood, but I was very far from God. Огромнейшим свидетельством для меня в моей жизни является мой папа и то, как Господь его изменил. The biggest testimony for me in my life has been my dad and how God has changed his life. Раньше он был зависим от алкоголя, и в нашей семье было не все хорошо. It used to be when my dad was um, dependent on alcohol and our family life was not good. И то, как Господь его изменил, это очень положительно повлияло на мою веру. And the way the Lord changed his life and our life, that's what um, gave me the understanding of faith. Пока папа был в христианском реабилитационном центре, нас бросила моя мама. When my dad was receiving his treatment at the rehabilitation center, uh, my mother abandoned us. Тогда начались суды, на которых поднимался вопрос о лишении родительских прав мамы, и поднимался вопрос о моем будущем и о будущем моих младших брата и сестры. We were going through different court hearings where um, the judges were deciding on what would happen to me and what would happen to my brother and sister. Будем ли мы жить с папой или нас могут отдать в интернат? Whether we were going to stay with our dad and being raised by him or whether we would go to, to an orphanage. В это тяжелое время Господь дал силы пройти эти испытания моему папе и бабушке, которые за нас боролись. Папина упование на Бога в этой ситуации было для меня огромным примером. Тогда я увидела, как действует Бог. And I clearly saw how God was working in his life. Those hearings um, were happening during two years, and that was a very difficult time. Uh, when all of this started, my dad sent me and my brother to a Christian camp. Where where I, um, I was 14 years old at the time, and I, uh, that was the place where I repented. I remember how keen I was to start attending church, how keen I was to be closer to God. But then everything changed, and I um, became further away from God. Я по-прежнему в него верила, но я говорила то, что я верю по-своему. Um, Потом в моей жизни произошли события, через которые Господь касался моего сердца. Первое это было то, что в 17 лет у меня обнаружили кисту в животе огромных размеров. The first event was when I was 17 years old and I was found um, uh, a big cyst was found um, 
and that was a serious condition. Которая могла лопнуть в любой момент, и я могла умереть. Когда я приходила к врачам, они удивлялись то, что я все еще хожу с такой опухолью, ведь она должна была давно лопнуть. Еще тогда врачи сказали то, что есть подозрение на онкологию. Мне было очень страшно. Предстояли обследования, лечение, операция, которые в Украине стоят очень дорого. И тогда я видела, как Господь устраивал все чудным образом. Господь благословил с финансами через миссию веры в действие. Меня благополучно прооперировали. Провели биопсию и онкологии не обнаружили. And they did test, and they didn't find cancer. И для меня это было огромнейшее чудо, потому что я понимала то, что сохранить мою жизнь мог только Господь. For me, it was the biggest miracle because I understood that only God um, was in charge of that. Вторым событием была война. And the second event was the war. Мы уезжали из нашего дома, когда наш поселок уже был оккупирован русскими войсками. Мы ехали в никуда. Мы не знали, будем мы живы или нет. Мы полностью положились на Бога. Мы проехали, по пути мы проехали через пять русских блокпостов. Когда мы ехали, я видела гражданские расстрелянные машины, грузовик, который подорвался на мине. Мы объезжали эти мины. We also saw land mines and we were carefully trying to go um, uh, and not get into them. И когда мы проехали, я понимала то, что на месте тех людей могла бы быть моя семья. And when we were doing that, I was thinking that it could have been me, it could have been my family lying there. На протяжении всего нашего пути Господь благословлял нас. And during this very long and difficult journey, the Lord blessed us. Когда мы приехали в Польшу, Господь послал нам людей, которые помогли нам жильем. When we came to Poland, God sent us people who helped us and housed us. Когда мы приехали в Северную Ирландию, нас встретила ваша церковь. Вы окружили нас заботой и любовью, хотя вы нас не знали. Us care, 
нам помогли с работой, с учебой. We were with studying, we were with jobs. За что я благодарна очень Богу и вам. Когда я анализировала всю свою жизнь, я понимала, сколько благ Господь принес мне, сколько and, раз Он сохранил мою жизнь. И я понимала, что без Бога я не хочу и не могу дальше жить. Я понимала, что без Бога моя жизнь не имеет смысла. God, и я захотела связать свою жизнь с Богом. И 1 сентября я приняла крещение. И я Thank you, Anastasia, and uh, thank you, Anna, for translating. May the Lord bless you, and may you grow stronger in the Lord. There is a story to tell, and there's a short DVD tomorrow night that will tell that story. And then on Sunday morning, the lady beside her, the young lady beside her, Anita, is going to give her testimony as well. She's the, the pastor's daughter. So we look forward to that. Eastern Europe is special to our congregation, not only because of Ukraine, but also because of Romania. And uh, we've been visiting there for 15 years or more, and not quite two years ago, we, we met uh, two pastors that are with us tonight. One is in the pulpit. He's going to come and speak to us uh, just in a moment, and that's Pastor Emmanuel, and the other is Pastor Bebe, and he'll be giving his testimony tomorrow night but it was actually Pastor Florine who uh, brought us down to this new area that we were asked to visit. And I would just ask you to remember Florine's uh, wife at this time because she's critically ill. Uh, she's just in her 40s, but she took uh, seriously ill two days ago. She's on life support. There's been little change in her situation. And her name is Lily. So please remember her in prayer. But Emmanuel, we got to know, and uh, we thank God for his friendship and fellowship these past couple of years and what we've been able to do together. And many in the congregation here have got to know him and love him in the Lord, and Pastor Bebby too. So we're going to ask him to come and <clears throat> just speak to us now, and I trust that you'll be encouraged by what he has to say. You're very welcome to Hebron. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Good evening. Allow me to start tonight to begin with what I forgot last night, and that is to bring you greetings from my home church. <laughs> so please receive greetings from Maranatha Church in Campina, Romania, and they are praying for us as we are here and for you as a church. Today we had the opportunity to be in two schools with Reverend Park. So the children, they have asked about Romania and how can you travel over there. So that gave me an idea about putting out a map just in case you want to drive to Romania. Be informed that that will take you, according to Google, about 40 hours. 
So we're just across uh, Europe, all the other sides to the Black Sea. But then I thought about putting a closer map. And you have there the places which are important to us and to you, uh, places that you have uh, visited. I underlined the two major cities on the right, down southeast Romania, that's Bucharest, the capital city. And to the left, it is Timisoara. And down to the left, the red spot, that's Moldova Novo, which is very familiar to you, I'm sure. And then in the middle, it is Câmpina, that's the town where I live. And then to the right is the village of Badila, where Pastor Bebi is from and where the church, um, the church where he ministers. I reminded, I, I mentioned last night this verse of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Tonight, and not only, I am thankful to God, and tonight I'm thankful to you for being a church understanding this verse. For us as a church, we understand our town and our area as being our Jerusalem and our Judea. But I'm sure you're familiar with Samaria as the place where uh, Jews and Samaritans, they were not getting along and they would put them, you know, to the side. Somehow that is true with the Roma community and with the needy and the poor in Romania as well. So we are thankful to God for having this partnership and being able to work together with the church in Buzou. For us, we consider it our Samaria. And for you, I am sure it is one of the places in the world um, that you are um, involved with sharing the gospel. So this is one of the first pictures, the first day when we got to met. This is from my perspective. I'm sure that you have seen many other pictures from Reverend Spark, Par, Reverend Spark perspective. So also here you can see Pastor Florin that was mentioned earlier in the first three brothers that visited with us. Even from the first meeting that we had and throughout all the meetings that we, we had with teams coming from uh, Northern Ireland, one thing was very, very clear to me. And that is that no matter what type of ministry was going on, the purpose was one, to share the gospel. So we had children ministry, and the, the purpose was to share the gospel. We, then, we went and visited old families, old people. The purpose was to share the gospel and to encourage. We visited needy families, and the purpose was to encourage again but also, the most, to share the gospel. So these are just a few pictures uh, with the meetings there. Then there were the projects that were developed, sustainable projects, and also these were a great help and blessing because they were a testimony for the community. Not only that the church was blessed with, but people around the church, they were able to see and they were also able to benefit the results of these projects. One other thing that was impressive, it was that the people who came over, and we are thankful for, 
they were people who were ready, as I would say, to get their shoes dirty, literally, because we had meetings in the street, um, we had meetings in tiny houses, and we had meetings while it was raining, you know, at one moment, maybe some of you remember this, we just opened the trunk of a van and stood under it and played the accordion and, and played hymns for the children to come over. But then in Romania, we do have hot summers. So when we say heat wave, it is more than 27 degrees. It is about 37 to 40. And some of you tasted that. These are pictures from the VBS in summer, having fun with the children, but also, again, sharing the gospel. One other thing that I was impressed with was the diversity of the teams. We had young people, brothers and sisters coming over, and then we had even younger people than the young ones. I always think that since we are going to live an eternity with the Lord, there's no old people. So we should take joy in that. Maybe some of you remember the faith test bridge. So if you want to um, know more about this story, I'm sure Elaine Johnston, she remembers about crossing this bridge and uh, she was there to help my wife, Kami, as she was a little scared to, to cross it. But then again, we continued and we had meetings. We had fun uh, with the children there. This is one of the locations um, in the mountains the remote village of, um, of Goidesht. Added just a few recent pictures from the trip to Moldova Noa. I had a chance there and the privilege to uh, be with Reverend Park. And it was the first time for me to visit the area, but it was great to see the difference and the needs that are over there. Um, also to be blessed to see the heart and the generosity and the, sens uh, the sensitive heart that you have as a church and as people. The impact of all these ministries, you should know that it is not only for those who have benefited them, but not, not only for the children, not only for the poor and the needy, but also for the churches. For us, it is very encouraging to see other Christians living their faith in a practical way. So thank you for that, and we thank God for people like you. Yesterday we had a chance to visit Giants Causeway, so great place. This picture was taken from up above, and as I was telling Reverend Park, there is one similarity to mission trips with that. And that is that from a distance, things look different. I saw this place from up above, but I didn't, I, I didn't understand what it was. But when you get there, you have a different perspective. And I remember the visit that Reverend Park had with Mr. Stephen Laverty, and we were talking just driving out of Campina towards Buzeau on the first day to visit. I remember telling him that after we will visit, he will see things differently. And he will want to come back, this was in May, he will want to come back in July. And he said, well, that will not be possible due to work and job. But he was back in July, and not only that he was back, he was back with his wife. 
So things are different when you travel there. It is different for me now to understand the church here after getting to know you and being here and seeing your uh, passion to share the gospel, not only in Romania and Uganda and other places in the world, but also here with, where God has put you. So looking forward to seeing you. Take this as an invitation to come to Romania. Just earlier, we were talking with Pastor Bebi and Reverend Park and Brother Jonathan about the opportunities that are there and the lack of people to work with youth, with children. So only God knows, maybe the next missionary to Romania is sitting in this room now. And I also know that some of you really enjoy snow, so I will close up with this. This is live, almost live from Romania. It started to snow earlier. If you'll come next week, we might be able to enjoy some snowballs. So God bless you all. Thank you for this opportunity and really looking forward to seeing you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. May the Lord be pleased to bless what you've said to us tonight and challenge us and encourage us to go on with the Lord. So from somewhere that's distant, we come a little bit nearer home. And this is a ministry that has really developed and opened for us as a congregation locally, and that is the school's ministry. And we have a little presentation that we want to make just to tell the story of God's goodness and mercy. Pressed and challenged by those scriptures which give emphasis to children's ministry, which highlight the love and care that God Almighty has for the upcoming generation and motivate us to take a deep interest in their eternal well-being. The Lord required Israel to instruct young people in God's word. Teach them diligently unto thy children. Talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. We are exhorted in the book of Proverbs to train up a child in the way that he should go. Paul says that we are to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And surely there's an application in the words of Christ when he said, feed my lambs. We thank God for our Sunday school ministry, our youth challenge on a Tuesday night, and the work of our Christian school. We also rejoice in godly parents who are seeking to keep covenant with God regarding the training of their children. A wider ministry has opened for us in the Hebron church with the many schools that we are getting into. During the past year, we have had opportunity to visit at least 15 schools and take assemblies and scripture unions. We have to say, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. When our home missioner, Greg Gibson and I visited all the local schools, giving our invitations to our youth challenge on Sunday school, we made ourselves available for school assemblies. The Lord opened up doors in some ways beyond our imagination, and we responded. We have had numerous opportunities to visit schools in the Balamoni area, bringing the message of the gospel to hundreds of children. So many doors opened effectually unto us from the Lord, 
Though we had to call in extra help, we are so glad that our local Mission Board children's evangelist, Christina Logan, came alongside to assist us in this ministry. When really under pressure, we had to enlist the help of elders from the church. I felt burdened to invite our schools into a special service in Hebron with the full support and encouragement of our elders. What a blessing it is to have in leadership men with a vision. So in December, we organized a school's carol service and invited the children of our local primary schools to come into the church to sing carols. It was a marvelous afternoon. Around 400 children were present, together with staff and some relatives and church helpers. We sang together and some schools took part individually. We presented the message of the gospel to all who were gathered as we preached on Jesus Christ, the greatest gift of all. The children received a, a buffet lunch and got a gift before they went home. How we thank God for our team of workers who rose to the occasion to make this event under God such a success. One local school asked if they could have their final assembly in December in our Hebron church as they finished the term at the end of the year. This took the form of a Christmas service and Christina brought a clear and challenging message to the boys and girls. Please pray that the Lord will keep these doors of opportunity open and that his blessing will rest upon the gospel seed sown into the hearts of the youth. It is our prayer that one day when we stand in the majestic presence of Christ at his throne in heaven, we will be able to say something like the words from Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me, may it be so for God's glory. Amen. Very simply, that's what we're asking you to do, to pray for the school's ministry and these many opportunities that the Lord has given to us. Let me bid you welcome in the Saviour's precious name to this first night of our missionary weekend. We're delighted to see all who've come and just say to you that supper will be served and that will be in the Carson complex. The food will be there and you can use the church hall and also the fellowship area here. So don't go away, stay and have a time of fellowship. <coughs> the missionary weekend continues uh, tomorrow night at half past seven and the Reverend Joshua Moffat is the guest preacher. Remember the prayer meeting on Sunday morning at eight o'clock, Sunday school and Bible class at the usual times. Pastor Emmanuel will be speaking to the children in an open Sunday school on Sunday morning and Phil will be speaking at the Bible class as usual. Missionary weekend continues 12 noon. Reverend John Gray is the guest preacher and in the evening time at seven, Reverend David Brown with the prayer meeting beforehand and supper will be served. <coughs> if you are not too far away tomorrow morning, there is a, an event organized by our Christian school and that is the New Year Big Breakfast. 
and you can come here, get your breakfast between 8.30 and 12 o'clock. And as you see, it'll be an Ulster Fry. And you bring a donation. It is a fundraiser for our Christian school, but you'll be made most welcome. The incoming week is our week of prayer. Each night, just to encourage God's people to be there with us each night at 8 o'clock, Monday through to Friday. And then the Youth Council Training Day. There's a lot of young people here tonight. That's in Lisburn on Saturday, the 20th of January from 9.30 to half past three. And ladies, can we invite you to our next Ladies Fellowship? And Margaret Russell will be coming to speak as the guest speaker. And the Hebron Ladies will be singing. That's on Wednesday night, the 7th of February at eight o'clock. Want to mention finally two books that are for sale. One is entitled The Son of the Living God, and these are Bible notes in John's Gospel by Dr. Alan Kearns. The price is $6.95, and the other is The Belfast Boy in Brazil, and uh, that's by Pastor Victor Maxwell. So the price is the same, $6.95, but I am told tonight. You can get both of them for £12. So there you are. There's a bargain for you. And Mervyn will be at the door there for anyone that would like to get these books. I want to welcome everyone. And, and welcoming everyone tonight, um, we are delighted that the chairman of our missionary council is here. We're delighted that our treasurer is here, Rosemary Wallace, member of her own church. And we are a little bit sad tonight that John Dummingham and his wife couldn't be here. John is the the secretary, I know he's listening in, but for health reasons, John has not been able to travel today. And we wish him well, and may the Lord be pleased to touch him and mend his body. We're delighted to have any missionaries, those that are in full-time service. We've heard, we've heard from Noreen tonight. Always a delight here in Hebron to have our sister present. And uh, Elizabeth Edwards, I see, is here tonight, uh, outgoing missionary as well. And David and Rachel, we've mentioned, and we'll be praying for them later. And we think of Kirsty and Greg from our own congregation. They are returning to their studies now. Pray for them as they do that next week. And our brethren from uh, Romania, our two pastors that are here, Emmanuel and Bebe. I also heard news today, uh, just to tell our own congregation, Davy and Margaret Davison, they have become great grandparents. And that, that must be a fantastic step in anyone's life. And so we do rejoice with them. Regarding literature, there are items in literature. We've mentioned the Building and Vehicle Appeal. Please take this. It's to do with the work in Uganda. And then Let the Bible Speak have these cards advertising the, the various programs that are going out uh, over the airwaves. Pray for the ministry of Let the Bible Speak. We'll be hearing a little bit about a project in a moment or two. And for our own people, if you get the current magazine, that has also arrived today. We're going to have our offering for the Lord's work. And what you see over the weekend, these are the works that we are going to support with the offerings of God's people. And particularly those works that are in great need. And we think of Uganda and all that's happening there. We sing 532, Above Thine Own Ambitions Here. Another voice is sounding clear. It is the call of God to thee, O Levi, all and follow me. We'll keep our seats for the offering, please.
He sits on the Board of Management of Let the Bible Speak, and exciting things have been happening with Let the Bible Speak in the past number of months, and we're going to ask Mr. Jonathan McCauley to come and just speak about it, and then there's a little DVD presentation. Thank you. Well, can I thank Reverend Park for giving us a slot for LTBS tonight? Um, it has a great privileged to be able to bring the work of Let the Bible Speak before uh, the Missionary Week end. Uh, over 50 years ago, we celebrated 50 years quite recently uh, of the work of LTBS. Dr. Kearns, our founder of this ministry, named the work Let the Bible Speak. And I think that summarizes very well what we do and what our aim is within uh, this ministry. And for those that are very uh, aware of the ministry, you follow it then. I don't have to take you through all the details. It's going to but what I thought I would do was do a quick summary of the, of the, what the, the aspects of the work and then bring a quick update uh, of what's happening in the work. And it has, as Mr. Park says, there is quite a lot of exciting things happening. And we're going to spend most of the time on a video that we're going to show of... Um, a, a new work, a new uh, location for the work uh, at the end of uh, this presentation. But I'll, first of all, just take you through, as I said before, the work is spreading the Word of God, and really that's what the ministry is about. Uh, and it splits it really into, into four categories. We have radio broadcasts, and that's what the work was founded on, um, publications, we have charity shops, and more lately, we're now broadcasting on TV. Um, on the, the radio work, uh, we're reaching many, many countries. It's, it's I think, uh, quite recently, we were reaching about 30 different countries and, uh, across the world. Quite amazing for a small work to reach all those countries with the gospel, spreading the word of God. Quite lately, LTBS has funded its own radio station, uh, 
in conjunction with the church in Nepal and the Kathmandu Valley. And that Word FM, as it's called, broadcasts there daily from 7 o'clock to 11 in the morning and from 5 to 8 in the uh, evening. Just continue to pray. There's, I think there's 5 million people in the Kathmandu area. And pray that the Lord will save the lost as they tune in and listen to uh, the gospel broadcast there. Then we have publications. We have the Let the Bible Speak Quarterly magazine. Uh, and again, this continues to spread the word and give updates on what's happening in the work. I would encourage you uh, to read the magazine and share this magazine after you've read it. Even use it as a means of outreach to the lost. We also pub, uh, publish many good books over the years, and one of those has been Dr. Kearns's uh, Dictionary of Theological uh, Terms. And there's now a new expanded uh, edition, uh, just, been re just been released, hopefully very soon, uh, and that will, has gone through proofing at the moment, and we're hoping that will be released uh, early this year. We just asked you to, to plan to buy this book, uh, I have it, I use it a lot, uh, I know it's been used widely over the world to be a blessing to many who read it. This is the latest thing that we're doing uh, in publishing and letting the Bible speak through the written word. We also have charity shops, a new shop has just been opened in Macrofilt, and this is the third Let the Bible Speak uh, charity shop that has been opened, and there's a fourth planned in a huckle. Not only do these shops raise funds, obviously, it goes straight in to the, the, uh, the, the help of being able to spread God's word across uh, many, many, many different countries. But there's also a very important aspect to the shops where people that come into the shops get to know the staff, and many have come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we give him all the praise and all the glory for that. Just pray that this will continue and increase. And lastly, we have the TV broadcasts, and the TV's con TV broadcast continues to be recorded in Lurgan, and you can see that in Revelation TV. And we give special thanks to Lurgan Church for hosting LTBS over the last few years, making their church hall available. But now, as we move into a new phase of the work, we have an exciting home, a new place that we're going to for not only for our TV uh, productions, but also to uh, be a LTBS centre and to host everything that we do as an organisation in a new location. And this video will just follow shortly after this. And this is probably what I want you to, to see and, and be excited about. Uh, it's something that we as a board are very enthused about. We see opportunities even outside of what we're doing now and want to expand the work uh, in every way that we can to share God's word with those across the world. But before this video is shown, I just want to thank our faithful supporters uh, of L LTBS, those who pray, those who give sacrificially, and those who come uh, to the TV broadcasts and make up the congregation there. This is very, very much appreciated. Please remember to pray and support this important work and continuing just to do what the title that the Reverend Kearns gave this work many, many years ago, continuing to let the Bible speak. Thank you.
2013, at the 40th anniversary of Let the Bible Speak, our then chairman, the late Dr. Alan Kearns, announced that we had taken the decision to develop a high-quality, regular TV broadcast ministry. Since that time, we have been working to develop that vision and to realize that ambition. Initially, we considered some options to build a new TV studio to facilitate these recordings. And while that was being developed, we also decided that we needed to develop our skills and capability in the technical aspects of equipping and manning a TV studio. So, alongside our planning for a building, we also started work to develop a pilot TV program. Initially, this was run in the E3 studio in Belfast with hired equipment and operators. And then, taking our learning from there, we progressed to run six pilot programs in the Jubilee Hall of the Martyrs Memorial Church. Taking all of that together, we then took the big step to develop a semi-permanent studio in the Church Hall at Lurgan Free Presbyterian Church. This has been our home for the past few years and within that facility we progressed to purchase our own equipment and to train up our own operators to enable us to become more self-sufficient. We deeply appreciate the willingness and the help of our friends in Lurgan over the past years as we have recorded and broadcast over 250 programmes. So as we consider that vision of having a permanent home for the TV broadcast ministry of Let the Bible Speak, we have been prayerfully considering how we would realise the Founder's vision. We thank the Lord that the door has opened for us to purchase our own facility here in the village of Ahakal just outside Balamina. This building provides all of the requirements that we were seeking in a TV studio and much more. In addition to the rooms to host our recording work, we also have meeting rooms and a boardroom and we will be able to host another LTBS shop. We will also have a restaurant and a cafe, which will be ideal for events across the Free Presbyterian Church family. As you enter the building, the first area you come to is ideally suited as our reception room, where those who are coming for the recordings can meet and be briefed on the recording process. Refreshments can also be served in the adjacent coffee area before the recording starts. The main studio will then be developed in the large hall at the rear of the building, which was previously used as an indoor football pitch. This area is ideally suited to be used as an auditorium with room for TV cameras around the seating and a high ceiling for our studio lighting. The space will be dressed and decorated to suit our studio stage and to represent, as much as we can, the look of a normal church sanctuary and will accommodate up to 80 in the congregation. As we move back out of the hall and upstairs again, there's an ideal location here for the two control rooms, which are required for the management of recording on each night. On one side, the audio control room, and then secondly, the video control room. This is an ideal location as there is an existing glass panel that overlooks the hall, which means that both of these rooms will be able to see what is going on, but they will also be isolated from the natural sound and will only hear the recorded sound. In one room, we will install all of the audio control equipment and then in the other, 
all of the video control equipment, including the live mix deck, the white balance equipment, and the digital recording equipment. As we move backwards then across this mezzanine floor, you will also see this area, which is an ideal spot for us to build a second, more informal studio area, which can be used for chats, conversations, and interviews, which we have planned for the future. Through here, you will then see some of the rooms that are at our disposal now in this new building. First of all, this bright boardroom with table, chairs, whiteboard, projector, and all of the equipment that we require to be able to run our board meetings. Adjacent to that, we have a small meeting room and then a kitchen area for the preparation of tea and coffee. Again, we would intend that these facilities would be available to other works and committees within the Free Presbyterian Church family. As we walk through this door, just beside the informal studio area, we have a beautiful restaurant and cafeteria. While this was not on our wish list, it really is a great addition and will be an ideal location to host events and perhaps also to offer this to ladies' fellowships and youth groups should they wish to use it. And then finally, as we trace our steps back downstairs again, we come to another large area with access straight onto the street, which is ideal for our LTBS shop. The shop will be our fourth and will offer great access to the wider Ballymena and North Antrim area. As we've given you this quick tour through the new building and highlighted the plans that we have for its development, I hope that you are as excited as we are in the potential of this building, not only to realise the vision and challenge set by Dr Kearns, but also in the opportunities for new ministries for the future. Thank you, Jonathan. May the Lord help us to be excited too about this wonderful opportunity given to let the Bible speak in these new premises. And we hope in the very near future that uh, some of our own folks, Youth Fellowship, maybe some of our uh, seniors, Ladies Fellowship, whatever, might be able to uh, visit the new buildings. We've had the opportunity as a session and committee to go and see these buildings, and they are very impressive. So we do rejoice with you tonight. Will you open your Bibles to the fourth chapter of John's Gospel? I was just thinking that eight years ago, there were other visitors from Romania at our mission weekend, uh, our friends that you've got to know, Luci and Alci and his family. And I was just thinking also, as they were departing and we were leaving them to the airport, my daughter-in-law was in hospital and uh, she had just given birth to Cassia. And the Romanians were the first really to see her. They were allowed in. They got special permission to go in and see the little newborn babe. So eight years on, uh, we congratulate Cassia getting to her birthday. Let's read these verses from the 27th verse through to verse 42 of John chapter 4. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city, and saith to the men, 
Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look in the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying, True, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. I was greatly encouraged tonight when Nori mentioned this little verse from verse 35, lift up your eyes. It has been a signature text for me for many, many years, especially at this missionary weekend. And we're going to look at this passage and pass on some thoughts I believe the Lord has for us tonight. But let's have a word of prayer and commit our time of ministry to the Lord. <coughs> Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for stirring our hearts as we've listened to the various reports, things that have happened right here at home and things further afield on the mission, on the mission field. And we rejoice in the gospel of Christ going forward to the nations of the world. And we know that God has a great purpose and plan, gathering in unto himself a people from the nations. And we pray that God will bless us as we seek to involve ourselves as much as we can in this work. We pray that you will settle our minds down in these closing minutes as we come to your word and speak to every heart. We pray that not one will leave without hearing from heaven, that the voice of God will be discerned, that the Spirit of God will apply his word. And may there be that burden and challenge given to us all. And may it please the Lord, even among this group, these young people especially, to set some of them apart for your glory and for the work that the Lord has called them to. May this be a great night for Jesus' sake. Amen. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. So said Hudson Taylor, the missionary to China. Henry Martin, missionary to India and Persia, said that the Spirit of Christ is the Spirit of missions. The nearer we get to Him, the more intensely missionary we become. The great Spurgeon said, if there be any one point in which the Christian church ought to keep its fervor at a white heat, it is concerning missions. If there be anything about which we cannot tolerate lukewarmness, 
it is in the matter of sending the gospel to a dying world. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, he said, not called, did you say? Not heard the call, I think you should say. Put your ear down to the Bible and hear him bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down to the burdened, agonized heart of humanity and listen to the pitiful wail for help. Go stand by the gates of hell and hear the damned entreat you to go to their father's house and bid their brothers and sisters and servants and masters not to come there. Then look Christ in the face, whose mercy you have professed to obey, and tell him whether you will join heart and soul and body and circumstances in the march to publish his mercy to the world. The command of the Lord Jesus Christ still stands as crucial and as challenging today as when he first gave it 2,000 years ago after his resurrection. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It was the parting word of Jesus throughout those 40 days of infallible proofs when he showed himself literally and physically raised from the dead. Often in his ministry, Jesus spoke about the need of rescuing souls from sin and the fires of hell. He warned of outer darkness, of weeping and gnashing of teeth, of hell fire, of the furnace of fire, of the fire that shall never be quenched. He warned of torments and everlasting punishment, and in light of that, he called men to repent and believe. <coughs> the two great pillars of the gospel to turn from sin and by faith lay hold upon Christ. The love of Christ for perishing souls cannot be denied. You cannot read God's Word, and especially the account of the Gospels, and not detect that here we have one who was filled with a deep and a, a desire in his heart, a deep and longing desire in his heart to see the multitudes brought to him for salvation. And one such instance was in the early part of his ministry when he stood here at Jacob's well outside the city of Sychar. You know how he came uh, to the city. <clears throat> he comes to Jacob's well. The disciples go into the city to buy food. And as the Lord is waiting there for their return, tired and weary himself, along comes the woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus enters into conversation with her. And in that conversation, he revealed to her her sinnership, that she was a sinner in the sight of God, but also he revealed himself as the Messiah, the one that was promised from ancient times to come into the world to be the Savior of men. And that day, the woman of Samaria, she drank at the fountain of living water and never thirsted again. In other words, she got converted to Christ. The disciples came along to this scene. And as they do so, the Lord Jesus has this message for them. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already unto harvest. And this is my, my special commission text tonight at this Friday night of our missionary weekend. It's a text for you 
And I trust that the Lord will enable you just to sit up for these closing minutes and listen intently to, to what I want to say to you from the Lord. I have just some words that I want to leave with you. And with these words, I will pin some thoughts together. First of all, the word exemplification. Christ is the example of all examples. The greatest soul winner of all soul winners. No one had a greater heart of love and compassion and desire to win souls than Jesus Christ. I could draw your attention to Andrew in John chapter 1. Upon conversion, his first thought was for his brother Simon Peter. He brought him to Christ. I could draw your attention to Philip the apostle in the same chapter, John chapter 1. And upon conversion, he had a desire to bring his friend Nathaniel to a saving knowledge of Christ. We could talk about the woman of Samaria here. As soon as she was converted, she went into the city and became a witness to bring others to Christ, which she did. We could think of Philip the evangelist in Acts chapter 8, going down in all likelihood to the same city, the city of Samaria, where a great work had been done during the Lord's ministry, and there preaching the gospel and seeing joy, the Bible says, brought to that whole city, and then going out into the desert and winning one man, the Ethiopian eunuch to Christ, who brought the gospel back to Africa, and in that we rejoice. We could talk about the apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost, along with the others, going out into the streets of Jerusalem, preaching the gospel, thousands of people being converted. Or we could think of the great apostle Paul, the preacher, the theologian, the church planter, the, the missionary. You can't read Romans chapter 9 and the opening three verses without detecting the deep burden that was in his heart when he could wish himself a curse from Christ for his brethren, his kinsmen, according to the flesh. And when you think of chapter 10 and verse 1, where he said, My heart's desire and prayer unto God for Israel is that they might be saved. We could think of others in church history. D.L. Moody, we're told that he was not happy if he didn't witness to at least one soul every day of his Christian life. We think of Billy Sunday, who has been recognized as the most influential American evangelist during the first two decades of the 20th century, winning to Christ hundreds of thousands of people. We can think of C.H. Spurgeon, a little bit nearer home, who pastored the congregation there at the Metropolitan Tabernacle in London. He said, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. If they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions, and let not one go there unwarned and unprayed for. We could think of W.P. Nicholson, so wonderfully used by the Lord, especially in the early part of last century. They reckon through his preaching, he, he turned civil war, the possibility of civil war, into revival, living from 1876 to 1959. What a fiery preacher. And you read the story, all the cities and towns that he visited here in Northern Ireland, hundreds of people being converted. 
So we could talk about these ones in the Bible. We could talk about those in church history. But my friends, Jesus outshines them all. And John chapter 4 is an outstanding example of that. We think of the compulsion in Christ's heart. He must needs go through Samaria, as we read in verse 4. We think of the determination that he had. When you think of his tiredness and you think of the, the prejudice, those two things especially. For the Lord Jesus was human just like you and me, and he knew what it was to be tired. And here at Jacob's well, wearied with the journey, he's sitting at the well. When many another uh, might be so tired not to bother themselves with any kind of work, let alone soul winning, Jesus had time to reach out to this woman and to the vast crowds that eventually came. And think of the prejudice that has already been mentioned. The Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans, and yet the Lord is reaching out across the barriers to win this individual to the Lord. That is determination. And we think of his conversation and proclamation, for he enters into conversation with this lady, begins to reveal to her her sin, and then proclaims himself as the Messiah. And this woman is wonderfully converted. And we think of the obligation that he speaks about in verse 34, when he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So as we look at the passage, we see the example here. The second word that came to my mind as I thought about this passage was observation. For Jesus wants us to look. He wants us to observe. And he says, lift up your eyes and look. Jesus wanted these men to, to see something, to see the teeming multitudes that were now coming towards them. There they were, standing at Jacob's well, perhaps their bellies rumbling with hunger, for they had gone to buy food. And that was the uppermost thing upon their minds just now, a legitimate need, but a physical need, a fleshly need. Jesus declares something about meat, about food. They're thinking about the physical food, but as we just mentioned, Jesus said, my meat, my food is to do the will of him that sent me. And then there seems to be from the Lord this burden to, to press the same matter upon the hearts of his disciples when he says, behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. The Lord wanted them to see the harvest, the spiritual harvest, the teeming multitudes of lost souls who were perishing in their sin without Christ, without God, and without hope in this world, going down to the sides of the pit of a lost eternity. And at this very moment, when he speaks these words, there was a vast harvest field rushing towards them, led by the woman of Samaria. Can't you see them? The Lord is saying, Lift up your eyes and look, and there they are, sure enough, coming from the city, hundreds of them, to the place where the Lord Jesus Christ was. Two thousand years have passed by, but Jesus is still saying the same to his church. He's still saying to you and I, lift up your eyes and look. What are you looking at? Where is your focus? What captivates your attention? What steals away your time, your energy, your money, your talents and ability? Is it some carnal thing? Is it some fleshly occupation? What is your meat, as the word is used here? 
But I know that there are ordinary employments, and God has called you there. Every proper job is, is given by the Lord, and if God calls you to be a teacher, you go and be the best teacher you can. And if God calls you to be a doctor, you go and be